Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend and my guy, Eric Cook, at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for well over five years. Uh, he does my home. He does my auto insurance as well. He can also do commercial. He can do life uh, insurance, too. He's really the best in the business at what he does, and that's why I've been working with him for so long. And he has a huge staff as well. At Cook Insurance, they have over 70 years of experience. They know you. The, they know the right questions to ask you to get you the policy that you want. It is about people at the Cook Insurance Agency, not policies. Give them a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, let's go out to the hotline. We're bringing our friend Todd Davis. The segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. And, of course, Todd, Super Bowl champ, joins us every Wednesday on the show. How are you, Todd? Doing great. How are you? All right, I know you're going to be thrilled that I'm giving you this opportunity to get ahead of the curve because by the time we talk next Wednesday, George Payton will likely have made his decision on whether or not to bring back Vic Fangio. So I'm going to let you get ahead of the curve. Do you think George should bring him back? I definitely feel like um, he should bring him back. Um, but in the capacity of defensive coordinator, he like won't do that. If that's do. not going to be no. the case. It's either no, all or nothing. I was, like I was a, yeah, I was, I was going to say I feel like that would be hard to do as a man to come back to somewhere where you're the head man to, to change um, and be a deep coordinator. Um, but I do feel like maybe some new fresh blood would be good for the team. Um, I know um, what it was like having John Fox and Gary Kubiak. They both were great coaches. But one was able to win a Super Bowl, and with another we just weren't able to get – you know, to the mountaintop. So I understand what different coaches could bring. Um, so it may be time for some new blood. Now you've been a part of a couple of coaching changes, of course, uh, when Gary Kubiak retired. And then of course, Vance Joseph was out and then Vic Fangio was in. And in both cases, there were a decent amount of position coaches who got retained. So if they did make a change at head coach and maybe even at, at least one or two coordinator spots, what kind of value do you think it would be to retain some of those position coaches, particularly some guys that you know on the defensive side, like Reggie Herring and Bill Komar, who go back to Super Bowl 50? I think it would be great to have them. I think if you look at the body, their body of work and the players they have coached, and even if you look at this year, the young players that they have been able to bring up to speed and get going, you know, you spend way more time with your position coach uh, more than you do a defensive coordinator or your head coach. So with the job they've been able to do with the young guys they've had on defense speaks for itself. Um, so I feel like keeping guys 
you know, you know, it's good to see familiar faces, even when things change uh, as far as coaching. So I feel like keeping some of those guys like Reggie Herring, Bill Kolar, um, I think it would be great for the team. Uh, let's be more specific. You can give a yes or no unless you want to extrapolate. Should the Broncos bring back Pat Shermer? I don't think that our offense has been what we want it to be. I definitely don't feel like it's performed the way that people are used to seeing our offense perform, so I'll just say that. So succinctly, that's a no. With that, uh, how about their special teams coordinator, Tom McMahon? You know, I love Tom. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, but special teams is another area that, we have underperformed for a couple of years now. So yeah. um, when you think about it's, it's crazy that, that um, you know, you have to be uh, political when talking about coaches' jobs because if a player's, if a player's underperforming, he's out and there's no, there's no thought about it. You know, they trade him, they get rid of him, whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, when it comes to coaching, you never know what management's going to do. But I do think we have underperformed in our special teams this year. So when – so. But you mentioned offense underperforming as well, and I kind of was thinking about this. When you're on a defense that is playing well, that is, I mean, you could say doing its job and then some, uh, it's one of the best in the league kind of across the board, and then the offense is struggling. When you're on the defense, like, wh- like what, are the, what are the emotions that kind of go through when you're watching that? And eventually, does a sense of kind of helplessness set in? Like, okay, it doesn't matter how good we do, but it, we're not going to, the other guys, the other side of the ball isn't going to kind of carry the weight and it's not going to work out. Yeah, there is uh, that frustration, um, you know, with the other side of the ball. Um, I've been in, you know, the locker room a couple times where uh, the defense felt like they were carrying their weight and they felt like we couldn't get any help. Um, you kind of, you know, you question the office of coaches, you question uh, the general manager or the, the head coach about what we're doing as far as the direction where, our, uh, you know, our office is headed. Um, so you start to question the whole organization because it feels like, um, you know, everyone sees that we need help and it's not getting done. Todd, I think it's fair to say you had more than a few seasons with the Broncos like that, but you were on the defensive side of the ball where there was a lot of frustration. I'm not suggesting there was a divided locker room. It was like the Jets and the Sharks and West Side Story, but there was some tension during some of the years that you were there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we never hated our teammates. Right. Or no, no, I'm not like suggesting that. that. Tension. We just... We just were, yeah, I guess there was tension. It was frustration. It, it's frustrating when you feel like you're carrying your weight. It's right. a team game. It's not It's not boxing or sprinting where it's all on right. me. You know, I, I need my offense to score points. I need the, the punter and the kicker to get good kicks off and, you know, make plays. So I think you need everybody. So it's frustrating when your teammates or another side of the ball isn't doing their job. There were reports a few years ago that they kind of – boiled over after one New England game, I think it was a keep to leave in Russell Okun. Do you recall that happening and what do you remember about that? Um I think there was just frustration um <laughs> throughout that entire season. <laughs> uh, and it all kind of, you know, hit a boiling point. Um so yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. <laughs> well I, I'm I'm guessing in that situation it finally it took a situation like that for a keep to finally speak his mind because he's a pretty quiet, passive guy. And he's, you got to really say something to piss him off. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Uh, One more thing. One more thing. The quarterback position. 
if the Broncos can't make a trade, and I'll just put it out there, if they cannot make a trade for a Rodgers or a Wilson, is it time to say, okay, we, we've been going through this for the last five, six years, going through a free agency. It's not working out. Does George Payton need to draft the guy in the first round and say, that's our quarterback of the future? Does it need to be that fast? Or get get trade for somebody great? I feel like if we can't trade for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, um, no matter what, we need to go all in at the quarterback position. So we either trade for somebody really big and use a lot of draft picks, or we trade up in the draft to get somebody early in the first round. Um, but if you look at the team as a whole, um, they're great on defense. They're great at every position um, on offense, every skill position, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. They just need somebody um, that's a little bit more efficient um, with getting the ball to the players. Um, so I feel like you need to go all in at, on a, at a quarterback. So this doesn't come out of your mouth, okay, because I don't want you to say anything to incriminate yourself. I'm going to ask you a question. If it stays silent for the next four seconds, I'm going to assume the answer is yes. Okay? So work with me here. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to incriminate yourself. I'm going to, right after I ask the question, leave four seconds of silence. And if that's four seconds of silence is there, okay, then I'm going to assume that answer is yes, and we're going to move on. Should the Broncos move on from all of the quarterbacks currently in the quarterback room? No. Really? Who should they bring back? I think that um, you you let Drew learn some more. Um, you know, I hmm. think just as a backup, Drew or Teddy, I think they would both be great as backups on the team. I feel like you may bring in a starter, but you need someone who, um, you know, has been in the locker room, knows the guys, that somebody trusts. I think either one would be a great backup to uh, Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson. No, but but hold on a second, because now we're now, now we're really going down a path I didn't think we'd go down. If they can't get a Wilson or a Rogers, and they draft a guy, and they draft a guy, you want Drew Locke to be the incumbent and have the young kid learn under him? Well, I don't think that you know a new quarterback is learning under Drew Locke. You learn from your QB, uh, your QB coach, and your head coach. I think those are people that are supposed to mentor you to be the great player you are, not necessarily another player. So for this final game, Drew's going to play it, obviously, but I kind of want to focus on what every player is going to kind of go through in this game. And unfortunately, this has happened really often. This is the sixth straight year that the Broncos have played a a game without potential playoff uh, significance for them here at the end of the season. So... When you're when a player is preparing for this game, what is what is it like? And then, do business decisions get made? Because we've seen in some of these games what certainly look like business decisions from some players on the field in these season-ending games. Yeah, um, I think you know your your body and your off-season and being prepared for next year is definitely you know at the forefront of your mind. Um, going into the last game when you know there are no playoff hopes, there's no more season after this game. Um, I think players do make business decisions. I really think that the business decisions should come from, um, you know, upper the upper office. I don't see any reason why, um, you know, our star running backs or Justin Simmons or Bradley Chubb um, need to play in this game. You know what they can do. You need them for next year. There's no reason to risk 
uh, uh, injury or anything going into next season. Um, I think that you let the young guys play or the guys that you're unsure about or are, that are trying to make the team next year, I think you let them play and see what they can do. I think you use this as like a fourth preseason game like we used to have um, you know, before. You let the young guys play and see what they can do. Hey, Todd, tell us about the Davis phone. What kind of stuff are you going to be doing for 2022? So 2022 is, is getting off to a fast start. Uh, we have um, partnered with some other groups to really push forward and help um, to be able to create more um, affordable housing for families and be able to place uh, families in transition. I've been talking to uh, the mayor and the city council back home in California um, to be able to build affordable homes for families there. So, you know, we're looking to expand into other states. So I think it's going to hmm. be a great year for them. Why, why are you so passionate about this? I mean, I know you're passionate about a lot of things, as am I. So is Andrew. I'm involved in my own charitable organizations, too. But why this specific thing? I think I was always, I've always liked real estate. My dad sold real estate when I was younger. And I just know how important it is for uh, someone to have a home, someone to have somewhere that they feel safe. I think that you're much more confident and can feel like you can tackle a wor- uh, tackle the world when you have somewhere to lay your head and feel comfortable. When you're always feel threatened or unsure about, you know, even where you sleep, I think that carries over into other areas like school or your behavior or different things like that. So it's always important to have a safe environment to call home. If people want to get involved in the Davis Fund, how do they do it? You, you know, contact us um, by email at davisinvesting at yahoo.com or look at our website, btoddavis.com or aplusliving.com and check us out. You'll see events that we're doing there and, you know, be able to contact us, reach out and help us if you want to get involved. Todd, next week we could have some serious news to talk about. What do you think? I think we'll have serious news no matter which way it goes. So it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Tell Zeno to say hey. Thanks, Todd. Perfect. Thank you. See you, man. Coming up after the break, uh, Mace, you and I talked about this yesterday, I believe at 515, the entire blow-up between Hub Arkish, a Hall of Fame voter, and Aaron Rodgers. Arkish called Rodgers a jerk. Rodgers fired back today, and Arkish has now responded to Aaron Rodgers. That's next. Say, say.